I want to welcome everyone to today's Business is Doing Good conference call. This is Glenn Barth. I'm the president of Good Cities. Good Cities develops leaders who advance the common good and the vision of Jesus for communities, uh, primarily in the United States. And we like to say we do it in measurable ways. In fact, we, uh, we've been growing this year. We have, uh, we've been working in five cities, Florence, South Carolina, State College, Pennsylvania, Akron, Ohio, and uh, also Minneapolis and Colorado Springs. And uh, as we've been growing, we've been adding to our team. Reggie McNeil is now on our team, who used to be with Leadership Network. And, uh, and now uh, we've also added Wes Furlong as our research director. And we've uh, also uh, added a development director. And uh, Mark LeClaire, who joined the call earlier, is uh, leading our work in communication and with our website. So uh, we are excited to see that kind of growth happen with our work. And uh, we're always trying to lift up good stories around the country of, uh, of how businesses are doing good in their communities. And so this call, Businesses Doing Good, focuses on lifting up the stories of how businesses are making a positive benefit to their community through their uh, through their business model, not just uh, not just through giving uh, through a foundation they might create through a portion of their profits, but uh, really thinking carefully about how employees are built and strengthened, and how communities and families are strengthened uh, in our local communities. Today, we're privileged to have on the call Wendy Clark. Uh, she's a dedicated entrepreneur who started her first business at age 20 with less than $100. And almost 25 years later, that business, Carpe Diem Cleaning, is still thriving with 35-plus employees serving 500 clients and bringing in over a million dollars in annual revenue. The thing I've been most impressed with about Wendy as I've learned her story is that she really cares about the employees that she hires. And, uh, and she thinks carefully uh, about the kind of impact that they're making uh, with their people first, and then as their people are serving others, how they're impacting their clients as well. Wendy also serves as vice president of DeWitt Facility Services, a commercial cleaning service with close to 100 employees. Um, Wendy was really, uh, she was inspired to really impact uh, her community, and she opened a, uh, actually restored a building that was really quite dilapidated when she came upon it. You can see pictures of it when you go and visit her website, the John O'Daniel Exchange building in Northeast Central Durham. And she transformed this blighted warehouse into a beautiful and afforded, affordable community-oriented space that now is the home to the offices of several nonprofits and for-profit businesses in the uh, Durham area. And uh, so Wendy has been doing significant work there and she started another business called The Wedding Exchange. And she's gonna tell us a little bit about those businesses today. So um, at this time, I'd like to introduce Wendy. And Wendy, welcome to the call today. Glenn, thanks so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. It's great to have you. Wendy, tell us a little bit about how you started Carpe Diem. Well, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, and I grew up in a lot of brokenness. Uh, my 
dad was an alcoholic, parents were divorced, my dad died when I was 14, the day before Thanksgiving, and just grew up in a lot of pain. And the scripture that kept me from suicide was Lamentations 3, where it says it's better to bear the yoke while you are young. And I told the Lord that if you get me through this season, I will trust you. And I really just asked him, okay, I'm living. I saw that my dad died with a lot of regrets. What do you want my life to be counted for? And I felt like he said to help underprivileged youth. And so I, my senior in high, year in high school, I lived in Sweden with some of my mom's relatives. And living cross-culturally really impacted my view on my Christianity, on education, and on culture. And so I came back from Sweden, went to Wake Forest University for a year, wrestling with how do I fulfill this call of helping underprivileged youth because I'm not the social worker type. I am much more task-oriented. And long story short, I took a year off to establish North Carolina residency to go to UNC in Chapel Hill. And during that time, the Lord spoke and said, I want you to start a business, generate wealth, invest in other things, and have the financial freedom to help others. I was 19. I didn't have any skill sets. My sister suggested a cleaning business. And I said, do you not remember the family counseling growing up because I didn't clean my room? But it did not kill me. And she found me my first job. And I found that people were willing to pay for me to clean their homes. So with less than $100, I started Carpe Diem when I was 20. And the business began to take off, so I did not finish university, but I made a commitment to myself that I would continue educating myself. And so for the past, I can't believe, 25 years, I've just been focusing on learning and growing in wisdom in leadership, business, the word, and health. And so that's how the journey really began, Glenn. Hmm. Did you focus on any particular group of people in Durham when you began to hire folks? No. It was just trying to get my own oxygen mask on, so to speak. And so I was just I would hire friends, I'd hire friends of friends. And in 1999, we were about 5 years into the business. I went through a real crisis of belief and Um, one of the questions that you asked was, were there times that I wondered if the company would make it? And that was my first crisis. Mm. And during that time, really just wrestled with um, where to go, how to grow. Is this what God's calling me to do? Because everyone else who had a heart for the Lord, they were going into missions, they were going into ministry. There were no examples for me at that in that season Hmm. of taking this love for Jesus and applying it to business. Hmm. Um, So in 99, I did turn towards the Latino community, and that began Hmm. that that journey of working um, working with the Latino community for the cleaning business. And I'm grateful. In my early 20s, I started reading Dennis Peacock, 
who wrote Doing Business God's Way and What Does a Kingdom Business Look Like? Um, and part of my journey, Glenn, has been wrestling with I have these businesses, I'm trying to do good, I'm wanting to do good, but still feeling inadequate because I'm not in missions or ministry. Hmm. And so it really was a transformation from 99 until in the past 15, 20 years that I'm that I'm really being able to have full impact through my businesses and saying this is my ministry and figuring out the creative ways to be able to create that impact and to celebrate that. Hmm. It's it's interesting to hear you say that uh, the fact that many of your friends had a sense of being called to mission or, or to ministry uh, impacted your own self-image in such a negative way. And I, um, I, you know, as somebody who's an ordained minister, I want to apologize to you today on this call because you have a calling. God has given you a high calling in business. And, uh, and I know you feel that very much today, you know, here about 18 uh, years later or so, you've dealt with that. You came out of the crisis on a whole other side. And uh, one of the things you said early in this interview was that you began to develop capacity. And uh, I'm, I'm struck with that notion uh, of, of how capacity coupled with compassion uh, can really result in uh, the ability to do good in communities in, in ways that sometimes the scarcity mentality of those who are in church ministry or missions miss out on but a business leader like you, you, you're developing capacity like the Good Samaritan so that if somebody has a need, you're able to say, hey, put it on my tab, I'll take care of it, just like the Good Samaritan did to the hotel owner that he dropped the, uh, the wounded person who had been beaten. You know, and uh, so important what you said earlier, you've developed capacity to match with that compassion that you have as you've been leading and growing business. Glenn, thank you. And I I received that. And I love your summary of that. That's great feedback. One of my favorite scriptures is the woman who's in debt. And Elijah says, go and get as many containers from your neighbors as possible. And she went and got the containers. And then the miracle of the oil came. And she was able to sell the oil, pay off her debt, and be sustainable mm-hmm. for her family. And I'm a dreamer at heart, but that practicing and understanding capacity and building the containers and what do containers look like and how do you apply the spiritual truths to containers, not just the oil, has been a mark of my life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so important. And uh and thanks for sharing that. The difficult times are sometimes hard to share with others, but when we do that, I think that vulnerability uh, helps others see your humanness and, and relate to you as uh, as a person. Tell us a little bit about the John O'Daniel um, Exchange Building exchange. because it's such an incredible project. And judging by the before and after photos that I saw on the website, uh, it's incredible to see the change that's happened. Talk about your vision for turning this dilapidated building into usable space for offices, events, and weddings. 
I would love to. This has been the delight of my life. And in 2007, I went to a prayer conference for business owners. And they said that I had a gift of property development, that there would be government funding, do not despise it, and that I had basically an entrepreneurial eye where I could see potential and what other people may miss, I could, um, I'd be able to see. And so I decided to take those prayers seriously, and I figured I would start with a space for Carpe Diem and start with office space. And in 2000, I had relocated into our inner city here in Durham in northeast central Durham because I knew that systemic change starts from the inside out. And um, so, and I love breaking into abandoned buildings. So in following up with that prayer conference, I was going with my sister to see another abandoned building and she saw this dilapidated building out of the corner of her, her eye and as soon as we drove up, I instantly saw an entrepreneurial center. And so I approached the project from a for-profit standpoint versus a non-profit incubator standpoint. I approached it as a real estate investment deal that had to be sustainable. So went and found out how much the building you know, was listed for. I found a business partner. I called the city on a Thursday, and they were opening up a commercial revitalization program the next Monday. I had a friend that helped me write the grants and just started to walk that walk of faith with the commitment that this would be a sustainable real estate investment deal that would provide office space and community and relationship and entrepreneurial mindsets and a bridge for the community. And so it took us almost a year to close. The city gave us, in the long run, over $200,000. I actually just met with the city again um, this week. They have held it up as a project that's gone right and mm. that they are proud of as well, which brings me great joy. And um, it started, and it was amazing the timing of it because we closed in September 2008, and that was when the economy was turning. And mm -hmm. our banker shared with us if we had come a month after we had done, they would not have been able to fund the project. So oh. we, it, it's really a miracle in real estate, which is just incredible to me. So we started the renovation process, and I don't know if there's a place I can share photos or they can look on the website. It was a complete shell and complete, basically, overhaul. And um, during that time, my business partner was a developer, and he was feeling the crunch of 2008. And long story short, he misappropriated hundreds of thousands of dollars on the project. Hmm. So, but the grace of God, I went back to the prayer conference. They said... Um, that I was entering an age of mercy and that it would be for my good. They wouldn't be surprised if someone would, take, would be taking from me. And so long story short, um, God miraculously provided during that season, my business partner, he paid back what he owed and released the building to me. And we provided affordable office space for the community. And it's in a sustainable way, and it's in a healthy way because everyone needs to pay rent. And so we're able to provide resources, and I've been working 
It's been 10 years of building community, building connections, networking. I had someone come in yesterday for an office and who's doing some nonprofit work and was able to connect them with another nonprofit that they could potentially collaborate with. So it's been, and it's been sustainable. And it's been just a, it's been an incredible journey. Wow. Tell, tell us a little bit um, briefly about the kinds of tenants that you have uh, in the, this commercial office space. Absolutely. We have World Relief, which helps re, uh, refugees resettle every year. We also have Carpe Diem. We have DeWitt. Um, we have hairdressers, uh, a salon. And it's been really neat because as we've been working on creating the event space, the wedding space, is we're providing business for the the women who are working in the salon for us. And I'm not, mm. y'all may be familiar with the velocity of the dollar, but it's the more the dollar exchanges hands within a community, the wealthier a community becomes. And so in Asian American culture, it passes through 12 to 13 times. The plumber pays the electrician that pays the babysitter, et cetera. In Caucasian and Latino culture, it passes through six to seven times. In African-American culture, it passes through two to three times. Mm. So if we can impact the velocity of dollar, we can make the tide rise for all. And so that is, so we have the salon, we have videographers that are here, we have a bookkeeper, we have a woman that does after-school programming, um, reaching out to kids that don't normally have access to food and to just the tutoring and the resources. Um, she helps provide babysitting for the refugees while they have their programs there. So it's been really neat to see the organic, natural connections, and sometimes there's not. But more often, there's ways that we can help support one another. Yes, yeah. Well, you've been through uh, quite a few, I mean, quite a few ups and downs dealing with a uh, a business partner who misappropriated funds uh sounds like you operated in that in that situation with a great deal of grace um and uh and gave the business uh, you know your partner an opportunity to make things right and uh is that i mean is that accurate absolutely and yeah. what I tell my mom cause my mom stresses out <laughs> yeah is the equation of trusting people minus their dysfunction still equals a much better life for me. Mm. And all That's of us are really broken. helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just it's the cost of working with people. We all have our brokenness. One of the, so how one of the... do you oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. We all have our brokenness, and how do you find the equitable way for us to all grow and flourish? Mm. And you just have to take that brokenness into account. Sometimes Mm. a little bit more costly than I've wanted it to be, but it will always be part of our equation in life. That's such a helpful principle, taking brokenness into account. It also, I think, takes the riches of God's grace into account when you do that kind of a thing. I mean, I I think uh, it's easy for us to become judgmental 
And uh, that's one of the core Christian principles that Jesus laid out in the Sermon on the Mount is don't judge lest you be judged. Um, Yet it's such a human tendency for us to judge others and not to give them a chance to recover ever, you know, and, uh, and to hold that grudge. And we know a couple things about that. One is when we hold a grudge, it weighs us down more than it weighs the other person down. And the second thing we know is, is that it doesn't allow for the possibility of reconciliation to ever happen. And, uh, and at the core of the Christian message is always this concept of grace that allows for recovery and reconciliation in relationships. So uh, very, very good, powerful story on this front. Say we're coming up on the uh, on the uh, middle of the hour here, and uh, just before we go to question and answer, I wonder, Wendy, would you give people uh, some uh, either an email address or maybe an email address and a website where people could learn more about your work and communicate with you? Sure. My email is Wendy W N D Y like the restaurant at durhamexchange.org. And some of the websites, if it is helpful, is carpediumcleaning.com, durhamexchange.org, dewitt.com, and durhamweddingexchange.com. Wow, that's a lot of websites pretty quick there. Can you give them one more time so people might be able to write them down again. Carpe sure, diem. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Carpe diem. Carpe diem cleaning. C-A-R-P-E-D-I-E-M. Cleaning.com. DurhamExchange.org. And that's the building. DeWitt.com is the commercial cleaning company. And the, and the last one? Durham Wedding exchange.com give us your name and where you're from and ask wendy your question and i'm sure she'll be happy to hear from you or you can make a comment so i look forward to hearing from our callers so uh who's first glenn i'll go first this is alan ross i'm in talmadge ohio um it's good to hear your story wendy you mentioned twice um a prayer counsel or a prayer event that you went through, uh, and in both times, um, you you mentioned that you got direction. What was that? When was that? Was that a, a normal, functional, or as part of your church? Talk a little bit about that, because that seemed to be a place where you got counsel. Absolutely. Thanks, Alan, for bringing that up. Uh, there's and I realize that we walk across many different denominations on this phone. I do believe that God still speaks to us today, and that it's through prayer and through prophetic ministries. And there is a gentleman by the name of Michael Cotton who has a gift and counsel of being able to hear accurately and clearly from the Lord in a prophetic way. And he was the one that had put together these business workshops to be able to minister to the business community where there would be about 10 business owners. And it would be equipping us in work as ministry and then also having 
20, 30 minutes of just prayer time for your business, for your team, for yourself, and just hearing what the Lord is saying. And I'm still in relationship with Michael and his wife, Gloria, today. And even a month ago, we had them come. I have another friend who walks in the prophetic and just come and spend that time waiting on the Lord to hear what he has to say and to be able then to implement. And that's just something I love the word of God and I love the spirit of God. And I think we need both in our lives. And so that's just been a practice that I have walked in for the past 20 years and it's given me the confidence and boldness to go for things even when they're painful. When you're walking around the wilderness, God blesses you with manna. When you're in the promised land, you're fighting giants. And sometimes we mistake the fighting giants as we're doing something wrong, or at least I have, versus having the boldness of confidence that God is asking me to be on the offensive to take what he has called me to take. And so I cannot have not lived my life without the prophetic. And the other thing that I'm even started this year is I'm paying for intercession for my businesses and my life. And because um, hmm. intercession and prayer is just, it, it's a critical part of business. And I remember once I was driving up to a client's house for an estimate and I felt like the Lord said to me, no one's ever prayed for them. And just the power of going to God about people and not just going to people about God. So that I I have a passion for the both and and the integration of the spiritual. My heart is so hungry to see the presence of God in the infrastructure that he's helped me set up. And so that's how I've been trying to integrate it. Good. Thank you. Hi, Wendy. Um, my name is Mary Kay. Um, thank you uh, so much for sharing your story with us. I just want to let you know that on so many levels, you spoke with me today and um, uh, brought inspiration to uh, something I really, really needed uh, to be inspired for. Um, the um, The statement that you made um, about taking the love of Jesus into business was the first that uh, was speaking to me. And then that um, feeling inadequate because you're not in missions or ministry. Uh, being vulnerable is not uh, uh, typically what we hear from others when they're talking about their business. And thank you for for doing that today it uh spoke to me appreciate it it's my pleasure mary Kay. it's in our weakness he is strong and it's babe ruth was also the strikeout king as much as he was the home run king and the cost of being a hall of fame baseball player is striking out in it's this life of faith we can so easily judge striking out 
is that we're wrong, or at least I have, and that's and it's and that's why I'm passionate to say, hey, here's where I've struck out and adjusted so that I can be hitting those home runs and just cheering others and in Christ on of go for it. And and it's where we fail is when we don't get up to the plate. Hey, Wendy, it's it's Lynn Carpenter from Cleveland. I guess as you've built these businesses, it sounds like, one, you have a pretty strong faith and how – and so therefore sort of core values. And how have you thought about building those core values into the essence and operations of how you have run, built, and hired for your various businesses? Thanks, Lynn. That's a great question because, and I know this may sound silly, but I'm finally getting the breakthrough this year that I've been dreaming of. And fundamentally, our challenges come from our internal ceilings. And last fall, I had to have an honest conversation with myself that my businesses did not fully reflect, reflect my core values. And over the past year, we have incorporated even more effectively these core values. And so we've done things like we have hours that are, are helpful for moms. We have done different projects that have helped, whether it's providing food or providing translation and services of how school systems work. But what I'm most excited about that we're actually integrating this year is our training program. And my definition of leadership is prioritization, which is fundamentally decision-making and communication. And if I can, and a friend of mine that I've been working with for 15 years, she says, once you have a thought, you cannot not have a thought. And it's how we make decisions impacts the quality of our lives and how we prioritize impacts the quality of our lives. And so we really have been able to get clear and have added our core values, which now are much more simple than they were a year ago. They're kindness, positive attitude, reliability, and hardworking. And it's been amazing because what we're doing is we're going back to the basics. This is how you handle conflict. This is how you're kind. This is how you give feedback. This is how you receive feedback. And it's building the confidence and the women that are working with us, and it's spilling over into their personal lives. And it's building a momentum that I have been dreaming of. And one of the things I share with my ladies on a regular basis, all of life is hard. And let's, and life is really hard for the women that are working with me. And how do we start making it less hard for one another? How do we support one another? How do we build kindness? How do we build communication? Because fundamentally, we're not in a cleaning business. We're in a communication business. And we have to translate languages. We have to translate economic classes. We have to translate just expectations in helping our women being able to communicate and translate is empowering them 
that they are being able to impact that hopefully will have an impact in their lives. It is of confidence and helping with their kids and training up their kids. Um, we're actually using a curriculum, how to talk to kids so kids will listen. It's from the 80s, a little bit geeky, but it's powerful and it can be translated for how you talk to adults. Um, because a lot of our pain in life is emotional pain. And if I can help eliminate some of that and help bring peace, they will be better off and help them be able to create peace in their lives. When they leave my company, they are better off because they were here. Mm-hmm. It's those ripple effects that you demonstrate and help educate and train and then it reverberates out into families, communities, beyond. Yeah, it's awesome. Exactly. And I've been working on my budget for 2019. I shared with Glenn a quote from Tim Keller who was quoting Francis Schaeffer and I'm paraphrasing it, but he said, if we could raise up a Christian business community that reinvested in their employees, versus giving to the nonprofit realm, we would not have the social ills we have today. So I've been working on a bonus system, and I'm saying, okay, as we're building next year, here's 20000 that I would have given, potentially given into the nonprofit realm, but let me use that 20000 and reinvest in my employees. And it's hard because you get accolades for your giving. You get accolades, emotional accolades for the work you're doing in the community. But I'm, the Lord, the past three to four years has just had me of what does it look like to put my own oxygen mask on and the oxygen mask on of my businesses in such a way that all of us are breathing really well. Um, and I am a good networker. And how am I leveraging that for my employees I have? One employee and her husband has a lot of health challenges and is physically disabled, but helping her to follow up and follow through Habitat has a great um, program and a great house that they can work with them on. And so, as you know, as business owners, a lot of keys in life is following up and following through. So I'm following up regularly with that employee saying, hey, have you filled out the Habitat application? You can get home ownership. This is how you process this this opportunity um so it's policies with the training it's financial with bonuses and it's the how do i use the gifting of myself in creative ways as well awesome thanks good stuff yeah thank you so much very good that's helpful in so many ways Let's uh, let's see who else is on the line and might like to ask a question or make a comment. This is Scott Barr in San Antonio. And, Wendy, who have you found to be some of your best collaborative partners in Durham? Vulnerably, it's actually been a secular group called EO, the Entrepreneurs' Organization, and they have been the most supportive in my life in ways that I had been dreaming of for years. And 
it's been incredible, um, and it's been very practical. The church has absolutely helped me with my relationship with the Lord. What I say about EO is that it's helped me with my relationship with myself and my relationship with others. And so I've done a lot of work with, um, and and, it's, and and they've been very good organizations, and there's great churches here. Um, so I've done work with Summit. I've done work with Henry Kastner, um, who's now out in California. I've done work with ReCity and KJ Hill and Rob Shields. Um, I'm at Catch the Fire. There's There's been a lot of talk and a lot of great ideas and great people. In terms of effectiveness, EO has helped me the most in actually being effective. Thank you so much for this call today. It has been a delightful call, and I think we've learned a great deal. And um, Wendy, I wonder, are there is there anything else that you really feel like you you'd like to share today that, that you haven't had a chance to talk about yet? I think we're good. It went a little bit different direction, I think, than when we originally started, Glenn. But I hope that it added value and um, just encouragement of Swing for the fences. Hmm. Go for it. And it's it's worth it. It's the price of a big dream. Our little dream is the same. It's your lifetime. Hmm. And just continue to swing for that big dream. Well, Wendy, thank you for, what, uh, for the ways in which uh, you're really working toward revitalizing Durham through the vision and application that, uh, that you've gotten through your faith, which I, which we all sense, is right at the core of who you are and what you're seeking to do in Durham. And uh, I, I'm so appreciative of hearing the stories of the ups and downs and the real life situations that you face throughout uh, your work as an entrepreneur. And uh, keep swinging for the fences yourself, Wendy. And uh, I think this call has been a great encouragement to all those who've been on the call today. Would it be okay if we close with a prayer for you and for others on the call today? That'd be great. Lord, we thank you for this time that we've had on this call today, for businesses doing good, and uh, especially for what Wendy's doing in uh, in Durham. And uh, we ask God that you would watch over her work there, give her courage to persevere, and, uh, and continue to help her have vision as she... Uh, is building curriculum to build leaders among those people who work for her and with her. Thank you, God, for uh, the very uh, real tangible fruit that's being seen in people's lives and families, and also in a building that once just stood as a relic, but now has been repurposed into a, a, a center for weddings where families are established and, uh, and a center for offices that are doing good work throughout the community. I thank you, God, for all those who are on the call today, and I ask your blessing upon them as well. And uh, thank you, God, for uh, people who own businesses and serve in businesses in ways that uh, they're expressing their core values and their faith. Bless now each one as we go into this day. Amen. Thanks for this time. This was an exciting time, and uh, I hope you all have a great day.